Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It is episode 18 of the Storybox. Can you believe that? My goodness. Well, welcome one and all to the Storybox. My name is Jay Phantom and I'm your host for this show. Uh, we're on episode 18 already, which is pretty incredible. Um, if you like, I'm, I'm blown away by that anyway. Um, so this week on the show, if I, if I sound sick, it's because I'm getting over a bad viral infection. I apologize. Uh, don't worry. It's not the coronavirus. I have myself checked. Um, even though I was coughing up a lung and I sort of did like the, the test, you know, like, um, if you shortness of breath, you got fevers and everything like that. So, um, but good news is I'm, I'm out of the, I'm in the clear. Uh, but anyway, this week on the show, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Sean the strange. Now he's the owner of new image personal conditioning, which is a specialized personal conditioning PT, um, uh, exercise physiologist, uh, studio located in Bella Vista in Sydney, Australia. And the main point of difference between New Image as opposed to other gyms in the area or around really is they have special exercise physiologists on site, which basically tailor uh, every single program to your specific needs, which is pretty incredible if you ask me. Um, so we get into talking about the importance of health, how the business got started. And we also get to talking about debunking some fitness myths that I had. So it's, it's always been, um, my, my interest, I guess, in hearing what PTs have to say about certain kinds of questions regarding around health and, uh, fitness and everything like that. So Sean answers some of those from his, his perspective and his experience. Now, he's a very experienced man, uh, been in the business for a very long time and, and listen closely to how many years he's been in the business. Um, but he's a very knowledgeable man. And anyway, so let's dive into the story box this week and listen to Sean's stories. Uh, so my name is Sean Lestrange. Um, I have a personal training exercise physiology and team training studio located in Sydney's Northwest in a suburb called Bella Vista, also known as Norwest Business Park. Uh, we've been, uh, I've been the owner of this business since 2009, um, but I worked uh, inside this business from 2005 um, on and off until 2009 when I took over the business uh, from my, my old employers. So by trade, I'm a personal trainer um, or a fitness specialist, uh, now the owner of the business. Uh, with about six uh, employees uh, who work alongside me 
and that's New Image Personal Training? Yes, yes, yes. The name of the business is New Image Personal Conditioning. Yes, correct. Mm. Correct. And how long have you been doing that for, like personal training? Uh, Personal training since 2005. So what's that now? That's almost 15 years. Uh, Probably 15, including 2005. So yeah, so um, on and off through the early parts there, did a bit of traveling in between um, and went into another role at one stage in a sales role, but came back um, to where my passion my passion is. So personal training was not something you always wanted to do? You did something before personal training? No, well, um, sales? yeah, so while I was at school, um, I was a rugby league player and played with the Parramatta Reels um, up until reserve grade. Uh, whilst playing through uh, the junior reps like Jersey Flag and reserve grade, um, I was employed by the Parramatta Reels um, as a part-time footballer, but also they put me through a traineeship as a greenkeeper at Parramatta Stadium and um, the Olympic Olympic Stadium at Homebush, which was a really fun job. They were both really fun jobs. I absolutely loved green keeping. So I was doing that while I was a part-time footballer. So, you know, a bit of both. Um, but when football, when my football career finished at the ripe old age of 21, <laughs> I knew it was time to hang out the boots. I wasn't going to be an Andrew Johns. Um, it was time to get out of Sydney and go on a working holiday. So I went in for a working holiday through, uh, or lived in England, based in England, London, uh, doing a bit of work with one of my brothers over there, but also traveling through all that time. I did 13 countries, which was awesome. Um, throughout um, over the nine-month period, spent a whole stack of money, but had some you know, amazing life experiences that I wouldn't have had if I was still here playing rugby league. Um, and while I was over there, I started training in a local gym in London, just with some of my brother's mates, and you know, just really embraced um, training. Um, and I, you know, came to the realization while I was over there that I wanted to um, become a trainer um, and to um, have a facility one day. Um, and that's, but that was a dream back then. And yeah, now I have my own facility and I'm um, always looking to improve. What sparked that realization, do you think, that you wanted to become a personal trainer? I think back in those days, the motivation was a bit different to what it is now. Back in those days, it was more about the feeling that um, fitness gave me, being in the gym gave me, and it was about what I liked doing. Um, and it wasn't until really that I took over this business and that my my values and my priorities uh, really changed and and it's all about giving to other people now um you know when you see transformations from people that come in they can't even do up their shoelaces uh, because they're so immobile or they're uh, too big uh, to you know um being fitter than their kids and stronger than their kids and i'm not just talking males i'm talking females as well like we've got middle-aged females that are stronger than their 18 year old sons which is just fantastic um to see that sort of change in people's lives is amazing uh so it's all about them and not about me i like to try and give as much value as possible uh, not only to my um to our clients but also you know i've got a team that works alongside me and i see it as as my role um my mission my responsibility to make sure that my team teammates become better and better, uh, become outstanding leaders themselves, um, and, you know, they walk the walk as well. So do you know the story of New Image, how it came to start? And Well, before I took over? Before you took over? Uh, before I took over, uh, my old employers, um, one was a former rugby league boy as well, um, and his wife was uh, into fitness. Uh, I think she was like a former group instructor, PT. So uh, back in those days, in the early 2000s, personal training was um, – 
Uh, you know, class is um, a luxury item. Um, not many people were doing it. There weren't as many gyms around. None of these group training facilities like there are now. Um, so it was a bit different back then. Uh, we probably our demographic back then was um, probably a much wealthier demographic, um, and now it's available to most people. Um, so I'm not really sure what their motivation was back then. Um, I know they certainly walked the walk themselves. They're extremely fit and strong themselves. Um, and Nicole, my old boss, she came out of a PT job. So I'm pretty sure she's going to have her own facility as well. Um, and, you know, I found out recently that she's just started up again. They're down in Kaima. They've got their own wow. facility down there. So they're up and going again in business, which is fantastic because they it's live and breathe it. It's not New Image Part 2, is it? It's not New Image Part 2 <laughs> at all. And it's a completely different business name. That's mm. awesome, though. And what was the process like in you kind of taking over New Image? So the process was, was that I was working here um, up until 2007 as a personal trainer and I was a pretty successful personal trainer in terms of my client retention, uh, the relationships I had with my clients. Um, I took a year off, as I said, and that was 2008. I went away uh, to the commercial flooring space in the building industry and I was uh, managing projects, um, estimating sales, all that sort of stuff, leading teams of uh, tradesmen. Um, and about three quarters of the way through that year, uh, Nicole contacted me and said that they wanted to sell the business. Uh, Mark had been offered a strength conditioning role uh, with Huddersfield over in the UK. So um, they asked whether I would buy the business from them. Um, and after having a good chat with my wife about it, um, you know, we decided that that is my passion and that's how I can make the biggest difference possible in other people's lives and um, decided to proceed down that path and uh, go through negotiations and, um, you know, by January 9, the next uh, year, I was in charge of the business. Wow. Hmm. And it's been going, you as the owner now for? This will be 11th year. 11th year. 11th year, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And consistent growth over those 11 years? Or? Consistent growth up until about 2016. In about 2016, the market, I'm not going to make any excuses, but the market is uh, more competitive. You know, F45 came on the scene. Um, and yeah, it's a fantastic um organization for what it is, uh, you know, younger people training in large groups um, that don't require that specific programming and specialized training. Um, so, you know, people like that have come into the market, 24-hour gyms, Virgin's really big now, Fitness First are always growing. And you got all the gyms around the area that and keep popping up. Loads everywhere. of gyms around the area and pretty much any personal trainer going to start his or her own business in the park down the road or rent some space in a gym. So, and you know, and then we've got online personal training as well and YouTube, um, so, which is a great thing because people have access to uh, fitness, uh, health tips, wherever they are um, at any time. It doesn't matter. There is no excuse for not getting good health and wellness advice. Um, but, you know, that's also, that's become a competitor to us as well. Um, um, it's it's back in, you know, the late 2000s, uh, sorry, the 2005 to 2010, the phone used to ring for inquiries. And now, you know, where it's more a case of responding to Facebook um, inquiries where people may be kicking the tires and just looking around. It's very hard to get a response from that. So uh, I guess the hardest thing for us is, oh, and the challenging thing for us is to make sure we're doing the best job with our clients that so they become raving fans and they go and talk about us to other people. Um, but if you were to talk, going back to your growth question, from 2016 to now, it's tapered off a little. Mm. And what sets new image apart from say an F45 or a different gym around the area like your Virgin and those bigger 
I guess, more established companies. Absolutely, yeah. Recognized brand or name. Mm. Well, our, our every trainer here is overqualified for their job. Um, so we've got an exercise physiologist who's spent um, six years at uni. So he's got his master's sport and exercise science. Um, really, really intelligent guy who was mentored by one of my former employers, Dominic Nasso, but our exercise physiologist at the moment is John Stevens. Um, and so his, his knowledge around musculoskeletal rehab, um, disease prevention, disease management, um, autoimmune diseases, um, and all these sorts of things that are, you know, really starting to rear their heads these days. Uh, you know, we see more and more diagnosis of these crippling diseases and lifestyle diseases. Um, and also a lot more people are going in for surgeries these days for um, musculoskeletal injuries. So having an exercise physiologist on your team to mentor the other team members has been fantastic. So pretty much anybody that walks through our door with any condition can be seen. We also have a really great referral pathway. We've got some fantastic physios that work alongside us and doctors and chiros. Uh, so that works really well. Um, the rest of my team, um, three um, of the other four um, are all at uni completing their masters of sport and exercise science. So, you know, they're going down the same path as John. Uh, we have a strength and conditioning coach, a female strength and conditioning coach, Carly, um, who works with some NRL teams. Um, and then there's myself. I mean, I'm just a dinosaur. I've been here for 15 <laughs> years. So, you know, I'm lucky because I get to surround myself with people that I feel are smarter than me. Um, I might be able to help them out with regards to client relationships or, you know, uh, just the way that we do things here and what works and doesn't work. Um, but the knowledge that we get from our team or from my from my teammates is second to none. So that means that anybody that comes in our door, they're going to get a specific program according to how they feel on that day. So it's not just a jump in a group of 30. It's not just go with the trainer that's done his Cert 3 or Cert 4 at, um, at the local RTO. Okay, it's about, <laughs> it's about, you know, it's it's people that have spent years and years researching these different conditions. So when you come to our studio, you're guaranteed you're going to get something that you want that's for your uh, desires and your likes, your dislikes and your limitations. And have you had a look at all the other pricing around the areas and so I sort of had to gauge between, okay, this is how much we're going to spend mm. to be reasonably competitive. Yeah, so in terms of our price point, um, I feel that we're probably in the top um, 10%. Um, uh, there are a few others around here, a few other personal training shares. One's a franchise, uh, a franchise model. Uh, they're a little bit more expensive than us. Uh, so we're just under them in terms of our pricing. Some of our exercise or so exercise physiology pricing um, is very competitive um, and our team training is more expensive. If you want to compare our team training to say an F45, yes, we are um, you know, twice as expensive if you look at the weekly um, fee. However, you are getting such specific advice and specific um, training uh, in your session uh, that no matter what, how you present, whatever you want to achieve, we're working on that program for you. It's pretty much a personal training session with three other people. That's great. Mm. And okay, so moving on from the business stuff, yep. just go more towards what your opinion is for certain things in regards to health. Yes. So what do you believe health is as a, an overall explanation? What's health to you? Well, the number one thing for me in terms of health, um, and you know, we all we all strive for this, is happiness. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you can be as fit as you want, uh, you can be as strong as you want, 
Um, you can eat the best food possible, uh, but if you're not happy and you're not fulfilled in your life, then you're not going to be healthy uh, because negative thoughts uh, create uh, negative emotions, create negative cells, create negative environments. So I'm really big on that. I'm really big that you need to be a happy person. Now, happiness isn't something that uh, you go to seek. It's something that you generate yourself. You need to, you need to, the more that you give, the more that you get. Um, and being a kind person um, and focusing on you know, doing the work on yourself, um, I think that's really important. I think the best thing... Um, in terms of my overall health myself, I would say that my, I'm a, quite a healthy person. Um, but the tools that I've used from guys like Tony Robbins, um, Kerwin Ray, um, Stephen Covey, um, uh, you know, all these different resources, uh, and Eckhart Tolle that I'm always plugging into, Guy Lawrence plugging into uh, so I can work on myself and focus on uh, giving rather than taking um, makes me much happier and therefore makes me much healthier. And obviously doing something I really love doing makes a massive difference. Um, and in terms of health, you know, everything that we put in our bodies, including thoughts, including material that we watch on TV, including stuff that we read and the environments that we're in, all have a reaction with our cells. Okay, so any type of food or drink that you put in your body is going to respond in your cells, uh, within your cells, within your body in some way. It's either going to be a negative response or a positive, a positive result. And it's pretty easy to walk down the supermarket aisle and know what's going to respond negatively or positively or in hindsight be able to look back at experiences and think, shit, that one didn't work out so well. Yeah. Okay, try not to make that mistake again. So it gives you a very positive attitude towards seeing it first, but then when you actually intake it, then it's like a very negative re reaction to it. Like say, for instance, chocolate. You crave chocolate. Mm. You look, walk past the, the aisle full of chocolate. You mm. want chocolate, you buy chocolate, you eat chocolate, you feel crap afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it all depends how much chocolate you eat and well, how yeah, frequently you eat it as well. Honestly, who stops at just one? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's another um, podcast in itself. It's a, <laughs> talking about habits and about willpower. Um, you know, treating yourself to a little bit of chocolate is actually probably going to be a little bit like a, a good thing if you're sharing it with somebody that you love or a good mate and yep. you're enjoying that experience. It's kind of like having a beer. That's when it turns into 10 beers and 15 beers and, and you know, so you know it, you're drunk. Yeah, <laughs> or a tub of ice cream or a block of chocolate, um, a full block of chocolate, sorry. That's when you look back at it the next, you know, within a few hours the next day and think, why did I do that? Yeah, and that ruins the experience of having that so-called treat. So how is someone, for instance, that's got a busy lifestyle, find the time in their day or structure and everything like that? How do they find the time to set aside just a little bit of time to work out. Do you recommend that we all should be exercising as part of a healthy life? Most definitely. Movement um, movement is such an important part of life. Our bodies are designed to move. We are designed to be out moving in different directions uh, as much as possible. Yeah. And we need to utilise every opportunity we can because we're stuck. You know, I spoke to a client recently. She said she got, jumps out of bed, goes to the lift in her apartment building, goes down the lift, jumps in the car, drives to the city, to the basement of a building, catches a lift up to her office, sits in her office all day, walks back to the lift, back in a car, drives home, goes back to her own apartment. 
So that's how life is set up at the moment for us. So it's really important to make sure um, we give ourselves as many opportunities within that particular scenario throughout the day to get out and get moving. It might be taking a break between tasks at work just to get out, get some vitamin D and some oxygen and walk back to the office and take the stairs back up to the desk. Or it might be waking up half an hour earlier and getting out and enjoying the, the sunrise while you go for a walk. And then, you know, being grateful for that sunrise and focusing on your day and what you want to achieve and getting your car, then going to work. Or um, reserving a block of time before, during, after work, where you're going to go to the local gym, go and see your personal trainer, whatever it is. But dedicating blocks of time throughout the day for you to move. It could be frequent, smaller blocks or a bigger block where you're going to have more of a focused um focused and uh, attention uh, on your exercise, your training. That's mm. good. Mm. And the way the fitness industry is heading, where do you see it in the next, say, five years, you reckon, with technology, with all these things that seem to be increasing? Because I noticed, especially on social media, mm. fitness is becoming a very, very big thing. So yeah. you've got CrossFit, you got F45, which is increasing. Mm. You've got bodybuilding, you've got all these different uh, mediums of, of workouts and everything like that. Yes. So where do you see that heading in the next five years? Is it increasing or decreasing? I think it's going to keep increasing because of tech. You, know, you mentioned technology. I think tech's going to become more and more prominent in our industry. I think you know there are these EMS suits um, coming out, um, muscle, uh, muscle, muscle, muscle stimulation uh, suits. Um, you know, there's uh, virtual classes now. You know, you've got the Peloton over in the States. Now you can jump on a bike in your own bedroom and join a spin class or ride any stage of the Tour de France. Um, so technology is going to be massive. I think it's going to be a massive um, influence on our industry. However, I do strongly believe that people will always want that face-to-face connection Okay, that is the pinnacle. People still want to be connected, whether it's in the gym, whether it's at work, whether it's in the park, whether it's out having a beer, people want to be connected to other people. And the amount of clients that we see come through our front door that aren't here for the fitness component, they're here for the connection. They come here to move and connect with other people and when they leave here, they feel like a special person. They feel like somebody cares about them. And I truly believe uh, that that is still going to have a huge place in our industry. Whether tech can make that happen or not, whether there's something you know where you can where you can connect with somebody and it feels like you're really face to face and it's really authentic, um, I'm not sure. Um, but I truly believe that that's still um, a part of our industry that will you know uh, be uh, required at all times. So that connection the real kind of connection that you get with you actually sitting down and speaking to a human being, mm. I don't think technology can ever provide that because the only thing they've got close to it at the moment is virtual reality, but that tricks your mind. Yes. It's not actually real. That's right. So I don't think it's going to improve that way. Mm. I think we've been in a society where we're, we're connected, mm. but we're also very disconnected at the same time. Yes. So it enables us to connect with so I've connected with so many different people from the States, been able to speak to them, but I'm also not actually seeing them face to face. So therefore it's a bit harder to sort of interact. You notice that interaction, like I noticed it this morning. Mm. So when I was speaking to someone over the States, you, you're feeling like, okay, I need to see them. I need to see their body language. I need mm. to see their, their facial expressions, all those sorts of things you're gonna miss. 
Um, but yeah, virtual reality, 100%. I don't mm. think he's going to Im- help human connection or interaction. Mm. As, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a great example of that is, you know, the energy, the energy that you give and the energy that you receive from other people. And you can only do that when you're face to face. I'll give you yeah. a great example is my family just overseas in France for two and a half weeks. They FaceTime me pretty much every day. Yeah, it was great to see my kids on FaceTime and my beautiful wife, but nothing beats um, having them in person. You know, a few people kept asking me, what's it like not to have anybody in your house? And I said, oh, it's great to have some free time, do some meditating, go for a walk when you want, but you just miss having that energy around you. You miss having you know, life. <laughs> yeah, life around you. And when they walked, you know, out of that overseas, um, out of that international terminal, and the, you just feel the energy straight away as soon as you can see them and coming towards you. Um, and I feel like that's the case in our industry as well. People still want that energy from other people. That's great. Now, I guess moving on from that, I've got some interesting questions for you. <laughs> as a fitness professional, someone that studied that, I believe you also studied nutrition as well. I'm so a nutrition coach, yes. Nutrition I'm, coach. I'm not an expert, but so. I'm a nutrition coach, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some 15 fitness myths that you can either decide are true or false. I love these kinds of questions because yes. I myself ask them all the time yes. to many different people and I get many different responses from them. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see what you say okay. as well. So just a true or false answer? Just, well, you're, you can explain upon it. Okay. Elaborate. Uh, so age affects your metabolism. True. As you get older, your metabolism slows down. You need to work harder and harder to keep metabolizing fuel um, and you need to be super serious, super uh, focused on what you put in your body. And if you're putting um, foods that are high in sugar, um, excessive carbohydrates, particularly processed carbohydrates, um, and you're not moving, um, even if you are moving, you're going to find it harder to use that as fuel um, and it will turn to fat um, and be stored as fat. So does that mean it's takes a lot longer for you to lose weight? It will take longer to lose weight, yes. You hear that, Dad? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's a great answer. And to be totally fit, you need to work out every day. False. Um, you can um, see fitness, totally fit. The uh, description of that would be what? What is totally fit? But to be you know, really fit, like to to be the fittest person in the room, you don't need to be training every day, but you need to make the sessions that you do complete of an extremely high quality um, and they need to be uh, well designed so that you do improve your fitness. You could be training every day and training at 50% effort and you could uh, increase your aerobic fitness or your aerobic base, but if you want, if you're talking about um, like, totally fit, like being extremely fit, like having a high VO2 max or a high lactate threshold, then you need to be doing lactic acid um, energy training. You know, you need to be training in creatine phosphate system. You need to be increasing performance. Um, So you could achieve that by doing less um, and less often, but quality over quantity. Mm, That's good. I like that answer. And best time to work out is first thing in the morning. No, it varies for people. Yeah, we so from my experience here, you've got early birds and you've got night owls. So the first thing is, when somebody comes to training, how ready are they to train? Um, how well are they rested? Um, so you know, 
it may be better for some people to train at certain times of the day in terms of their physiology, but if psychologically they're not in the right place, then you're not going to be able to get the most out of them because they're not going to be enjoying that experience as much. Um, there are some studies out there that say that a men's testosterone is best off um, sort of peaks around the afternoon, around the two o'clock mark. Uh, that's when I perform, uh, that's when I do my weight training sessions, uh, only because that's when I don't have clients. Um, but if it was to me, I would train first thing in the morning myself because I'm an early bird. But, you know, we have some night owls um, that come and train at eight o'clock at night, 8.30 at night. Wow. Um, after a big day in an office in the city. Honestly, I don't know how they can do that. They must they must be very special. I don't know either. And you've got to be really vigilant with them and make sure that they are getting enough rest because the last thing you want to do is go, you know, uh, charging up this um, fight or flight system, this cortisol release, just before they go home to go to bed when they're meant to be in rest and digest mode, that parasympathetic nervous system. So ideally, I wouldn't want any of my clients in an ideal world training uh, any later than 7 o'clock at night. Mm. Um, and in terms of the mornings, uh, I think from 6 o'clock onwards is, is okay. And it just depends what works well with you. Mm. I'm an early riser. So mm. 4 a.m. up, running, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, weight, okay. So weights turns, so weight training turns fat into muscle. No, muscle and fat are com- two completely different types of tissues. Um, so you can't turn muscle into fat and you can't turn uh, fat in the muscle. You can hypertrophy one, make it bigger. So you can make fat bigger um, and you can make muscle bigger. You can, make fat, you can make fat bigger by eating more fat or eating more food and doing um, less exercise. Uh, or you can make muscles bigger by increasing the stimulus on the muscle, by increasing load, increasing volume, increasing that muscle size. Um, as you do increase muscle size and you get fitter, at the same time, you'll be utilizing fat as a fuel source through your training. So you'll be burning away at body fat because you get away, you get away with, uh, you burn away at your glycogen stores uh, and you start burning fat. So that's what happens. One gets bigger while one gets smaller. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Uh, exercise is the best way to lose weight. False. I truly believe in everyday movement. However, what you put in your mouth is how you lose weight. Yeah. You put the right fuel in your, your mouth. You put the right quantities in your mouth according to your activity levels. I'm not just going to say calories in, calories out because I'm a big believer in quality of calories as well. You know, there are so many micronutrients and and, um, and vitamins um, and minerals that are in ve- fruits and veggies compared to, say, bread. Um, so um, you get so many benefits from eating, um, um, you know, plant food and a good source of protein and carbohydrate and, and good fats. Um, but if you're, uh, if you can really get in, um, get in touch with how many calories you should be eating and what type of calories you should be eating for you to start to lose uh, body fat, then that's going to be the best way, a uh, long term, and um, to lose weight. Of course, exercise is a massive contributor to that, um, but overall, long term, what you're putting in your mouth makes the biggest difference. I've seen so many different trainers. You know, they're out having these massive meals mm. and you're thinking how in the world are you not losing weight because yeah. they're putting so much junk food in their, into their system but then the next day they'll have intermittent fasting they'll fast for hours mm. or a 48 hour fast or something like that because mm. 
it's almost like they're punishing themselves. Yes. You know, I look at that and I think, well, you're a trainer, you should know better than that. Mm. It's That's not correct. Your body needs fuel. That's yeah. what it is. Mm. But you've got to use the right kind of food as fuel. Mm. And your body can dictate that. The body's very smart, mm. I feel. That's right. You know, there are a lot of studies around fasting and the benefits of fasting. There are certainly some really great uh, anti-cancer benefits and, um, you know, in terms of the ketogenic diet, um, mm. people with epilepsy, all that sort of thing, um, and a great way to reduce your uh, glucose levels and insulin uh, increase insulin sensitivity. However, if somebody's, you know, feasting and, you know, throwing loads of junk um uh, down their throat and then having a day of not eating, then that's not what it's all about. No, you're still putting food in your body that's going to be detrimental to your cells. If we go back to that point, uh, so why would you do that? Mm-hmm. So your quality of life, quality of training is kind of significantly decreased because of what you're basically putting in your mouth. That's right, yeah. Mm. Okay, sit-ups are the quickest ticket to a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, consistent... Um, multi-directional core training, functional training, as well as good nutrition, um, the best way to a six-pack, not sit-ups. Abs are made in the kitchen, yes, yes. And if you're doing sit-ups all day, you're taking your spine into flexion multiple times per day, which is not good for your spine long-term. You want to be doing anti-extension exercises like planks and dead bugs, anti-flexion exercises. You want to be doing anti-rotation exercises like side planks and pallet presses. And uh, and then you could do a bit of uh, spine flexion stuff like your ab curl and your reverse ab curl, but in a very controlled environment, keeping the lumbar spine very controlled. Um, and and also more functional exercise like rotations with rip trainers and vipers and all that sort of thing. But don't just stick to um, sit-ups. Bad idea. <laughs> it takes a few weeks to get out of shape. True. It can take a few weeks to get out of shape. If you're doing nothing and you're eating crap food, you will get out of shape. Because you're not utilizing mm. your muscles or mm. anything really. But the good thing about that is there's a saying that I learned back in 2004, back when I started studying, is that the fitter you are, the quicker you lose it, but you'll never go back to where you started from. Okay, so you've got this thing called muscle memory and your body remembers how to train um, and you pick it up pretty quickly. I mean, you've probably, you've probably got mates, I've got some brothers like this that, you know, they won't step foot, foot into a gym uh, for six months but then they'll train for a week and straight away they're looking and performing well. Um, that's called muscle memory. You know, we're from a family of rugby league players that spend our whole lives playing football. Your body doesn't forget that. Yeah. I've even had clients come here that are like 140 kilos um, after um, – uh, after a football career years and years ago and as soon as they start training this gym again their performance just goes through the roof because they just remember how to do it um, so um, as quickly as you can you lose results or go back go back towards square one you'll never go back to square one you can get out of shape within a very short period of time though I'm glad that I'll never go back to square one but anyway <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so running a marathon is the best way to get fit Kind of goes back to your kind kind of goes back to your um, initial um, question of being totally fit. Mm-hmm. Running a marathon, marathon running or running long distance is aerobic fitness. So you're training that aerobic energy system. So using oxygen as a fuel source. So if you're talking about an aerobic baseline. Yeah, marathon running is probably the, one of the best ways to get fit. In fact, I used to run – after I finished playing football, I used to run you know, 10K hits and do that multiple times a week and I probably felt you know almost the fittest that I've ever been. 
But these days I do more high intensity interval training and then I combine that. So I work a different energy system and then do an aerobic session in between. I don't run anymore because of the impact on my knees. I've had an ACL repair. There's no meniscus left. Uh, so running as good as it is for your overall fitness, it's actually quite detrimental to your joints um, if you were to do it over and over again, particularly as you get pretty old like me. So I like to stick to low um uh, low impact uh, exercise and you want to mix up those different energy systems. So you might do one session where you're going as hard as you can for a really short period of time with huge recovery. So I think Usain Bolt training for speed and power because you don't want to feel like you're flogged during that session, but you're training that creatine phosphate system. So you're getting faster, you're getting more powerful. The next session you might train your lactic um, energy system. So you might train your lactate threshold. So that might be be, you know, your 30 seconds to 90 seconds to three minute hits. And that's going to increase your ability to buffer lactic acid, smaller recovery. It's kind of like a game of rugby league. Um, and then you've got your aerobic. So, you know, your marathon running or your sit to the surf or your brisk walking, that's your aerobic energy system. And that's just, you know, using oxygen and fuel source, like your day in, day out, your big base. So training all those systems, um, I feel is the best way to improve your overall fitness. Don't just stick to one modality. That's good. I like that answer. And keeping a food log of what you eat is recommended or highly recommended. Absolutely recommended. Um, it makes a huge difference when you're writing down what you eat. It's quite, kind of like recording what you do throughout the day at your desk. You know, if you sit in, you're documenting everything you do, everything you eat or everything you do, uh, you become much more mindful of that um, and much more aware of how you spend your time or how or what you're eating and what you're drinking uh, makes a massive difference. Um, on that note is preparing for the day um, is also a huge winner. In fact, I think preparing for your day is more important than writing it down because if you've got it all prepared and you're only going to eat what you've prepared, you've kind of, you know, you've gone through that planning process. You know what you should be having. It's all set. And if you don't deviate from what you've planned or prepped, then you can't come unstuck. And we use, you know, we use a meal prep company here. They're fantastic. It's made a massive difference to my day here. Um, so preparation, you know, preparation is the key. Good. Okay. Uh, sports drinks are the best form of hydration after workouts. I disagree. That's false. I think um, you can't go past H2O. Water's the best. Um, if you've been playing a game of rugby league, that's a bit different. And your electrolytes are really low and you need to get those in. That's when you see the guys having the Gatorade. Um, one of my former clients recommended having a pinch of Himalayan rock salt or Celtic sea salt in your water. Yeah, yeah it makes a big difference. So I do that now. Uh, try and do that with my water intake. Mm. But um, no, definitely not. It's not necessary to have sports drinks after a, after a workout at all. I realized that after I um, watched James Newberry, he put up a post after he did the 2019 cross... Was it 2019? I think it was 2019 CrossFit Games. Mm. He put up pink Himalayan salt and all the benefits of it and I yes. didn't realize it. And I'm like, I should be doing that because i got to look after my kidneys because I sweat a lot, run mm. a lot, do all that sort of stuff. And you, you realize all the benefits of it, how mm. it hydrates your body, how it gets your electrolytes back into proper um, your proper working order mm. and mm. you got your hormones and everything else that it mm. does all from pink Himalayan salt. Yeah. Thinking, well, I don't need sports drinks because I'm spending so much money on sports drinks when you can go down to a local health food shop, mm. get, I guess, like a tub of pink Himalayan salt for mm. like four or five bucks. Yeah, I think you probably buy it from Coles these days as well. Yeah. Mm. Coles Woolies. Yeah. We go organic. Yeah, so, good. Yeah. 
Okay. And BMI is accurate way of determining your overall health. Well, you're looking at me right now. I'm a short, stocky guy. Would you call me overweight? No. No. All right. And according to my BMI, I am, a, I am overweight. So I'm 170 centimeters and I'm 79 kilos. So according to BMI, I'm overweight. So it's not an accurate way. It is like for someone who doesn't train that walks into your facility or, yeah, but, and a doctor, that's why doctors use it. Um, yeah, but, you know, there are other measures um, to um, understand whether someone's overweight or not, taking a waist circumference, um, taking a body fat percentage um, is, is way more beneficial. And, you know, we're getting around, num- talking around numbers, I really don't believe in looking at numbers that much. Truly believe what you what you see in the mirror um, when you got your gear off, or you know whether you can wear the pants that you wore five years ago. That's a true indication um, of whether you're getting healthier or not. Or when your wife says to you, "You're getting fat." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the people around you that you can trust to give their honest opinion as well. Hundred percent. Positive way. Yeah. You need to sweat in order to lose fat. Well, that's false because you can lose fat just by um, just by walking around the workplace because that's what you're doing, you're burning body fat. Mm. So you don't need to sweat to burn fat, no. Sweat just makes you more thirsty. Yeah. Sweat's a thermoregulation mechanism. Yeah. yeah, it's your body trying to cool down. Mm. Yeah. And actually the fitter you are, the more you sweat. Is that right? Mm, your thermoregulation system works so much more efficiently. Um, yes, yeah, that, you, that you, and quite often you're gonna be working harder during a workout, but yeah, you, you're um, so efficient with regards to your thermoregulation that you sweat more. I didn't know that, just mm. learned something. Because mm. I sweat so much. Especially in a you, workout. You must be extremely fit. Oh. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, okay. Now going a diet. So going keto, vegan, vegetarian, and the all protein intake diet. Good or bad? I don't believe in good or bad. Um, I believe that everybody is suited to different ways of eating according to their um, culture, according to their age, sex, um, all those, there's so many life events that come into play when we're talking about different ways of eating. A great baseline is just to use the Mediterranean um, diet, okay? Getting that half your plate being, being fruits or veggies, um, uh, roughly a quarter um, or a little bit more than a quarter being protein, um, a little bit being carbohydrate, maybe a bit less, a quarter or a bit less than a quarter being carbohydrate and the rest being healthy fats. Um, that's just a really great baseline to use. You use that as your baseline and you modify after that. Get to know your body. That's when you can be writing down what you eat and am I getting the results I need. If you're not getting the results, you go back and you change the action, okay? You might modify it a little bit. Take out some of the carbohydrate, increase the protein, increase the plant food, and then just keep modifying as you go. Um, and, you know, I'm going to put my hand up. I've tried keto. I've tried fasting. I've tried high-protein low fat, I've tried it all, um, but we just need to be sensible. Um, we all know what our bodies really need, we do. Um, everybody's smart enough to know what is what, what's healthy, what's unhealthy. Um, we just need to use a really sensible baseline and start modifying it according to your uh, needs from there. Now, calories. So the more calories I intake, the more I'm going to gain. Yeah, that's correct. Unless you're metabol- like according to your metabolism, or well, metabolism um, uh, depends on your metabolism. Sorry, so everybody's different. Um, you know, my young fella, uh, he's only nine years of age. He could eat 
um, more calories than me. I'm quite confident of that and not put on as much body fat as me. Everybody's different. Uh, but yeah, if you sometimes. keep pumping more calories in and you're not using your body, you're not metabolizing food, you're not moving, uh, then you will keep storing calories mm. as body fat. Now, here's a fun one. Carbs are overall really bad for you, so don't have them. No, I don't think they're really bad for you. I think they're really, um, I think carbohydrates are okay. I think uh, the types of carbohydrates we eat uh, determine what response our body has with them. Talking about carbohydrates, we've got to be realistic here. In life, we're surrounded by carbohydrates. Whether we are at the breakfast table with our family, at lunch, at a Christmas function, at a work party, um, on holidays. So that's why I don't recommend the ketogenic diet to clients because it's just unsustainable. People are going to go ketogenic for a week and then fall off the wagon and have this huge intake of carbohydrates, which contains lots of um, water, as you know, in a carbohydrate. Um, so, And they're going to feel bloated and get really big and think, what the hell happened? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm big on... Um, um, uh, Tim first calls it slow carb, just moderate your carbs. You know, you just got to have like that. I have a fist portion with every meal. Fist portion of carbohydrate, of low GI carbohydrate, whether it's pumpkin, sweet potato, potato, um, oats. Um, that's how I um, measure my uh, um, carbohydrate. Um, and then, as I said before, you modify according to that. Okay. Those were the myth debunking bits mm -hmm. really good answers um i thought they were anyway so now here's my favorite part is i like asking people your favorite film your favorite actor and the last movie that you watched recently the last movie i will go in reverse order the last movie i watched was ad astra with brad pitt any good terrible <laughs> <laughs> very disappointing <laughs> It's pretty much just goes nowhere um, and it's very bland the whole way through. So I'm glad I never took my son to watch that one. Uh, my favorite actor, gee whiz, that is a tough one. She would have told me you're going to ask me that question. Um, <laughs> I like putting people on the spot with this one. My favorite actor, I'll get back to favorite actor. My favorite movie would have to be, well, it's a toss up between Top Gun and American Pie. <laughs> 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 uh, um, At least you're honest. <laughs> Top Gun's a classic. Um, and my favourite actor, you know, there are... Oh, who is my favourite? <laughs> um, my favourite actor, who am I going to say? I don't know. I really don't know who my favourite actor is. You, you put me on the spot. Um, Brad Pitt, Leo... Oh, Leo's yeah. a fantastic guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, I'll say Leonardo DiCaprio. That'll make you happy. Yeah, Leonardo, <laughs> Leo. He's a great Why actor. Not? He's and fantastic. My last question is, what's next for you? What's next for me is to work out how I can touch more lives, um, how I can make a big difference to a bigger audience, um, and how I, with my team, um, and how I can improve my team's individual abilities uh, to become better at what they do, uh, make a big difference in the world.
And where can people find New Image? Uh, New Image on Twitter at oh, – sorry, Twitter. <laughs> Far out. Instagram at New Image PT. Uh, Facebook, New Image, pers- uh, New Image PT. Um, or you can find me personally um, on Instagram at Sean's underscore workout um, and Sean's workout on Facebook. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and your stories. Thanks, mate. It's good to see you again. Great. Thank you. Well, unfortunately, it is the end of episode 18. What did you guys think? Did you get something out of Sean's stories and going through all those fitness myths as well uh, with him? Uh, Hopefully, you guys did get something out of his story. And if you do want to hear more, uh, regarding uh, fitness tips and, and tricks and everything like that, let me know and we can maybe tee something up uh, with Sean. Um, but really do appreciate, Sean, you coming on the story box and sharing your stories with us and, and you know, really do appreciate your time and your energy over the years as well. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping as well, guys. So if you did enjoy this episode, please Go around and share it out to as many people as you possibly can. If you have made it this far, thank you for making it this far. Um, leave a nice review and, and rating if you can. Uh, it takes about like 50 seconds, not even that, to, to leave a review on on um, Apple Podcasts if you do use that platform. It just helps to get the story box out there as well. Share it around on, on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram stories as well. I like seeing when people tag and seeing the story box. Uh, that they're actually listening to it. It's pretty cool. Um, for my own level of satisfaction, that is. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but please do that if you feel like it. Uh, until next week, guys, don't forget to share your stories around and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Storybox episode. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.